you know, it might not be apparent from this show, but uh, we got a little bit of self-respect. Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics, and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Your sexy voice. Okay, this is episode 91 of The Illustrious Gentleman with Scott Gadleski, comic book artist, Ryan Cody, comic book artist, I suppose. And uh, this is a show we do where we talk <laughs> about comics and beer show and booze and uh, whatever else we feel like talking about. And today we're going to talk about something that's kind of on my mind as I'm packing to go away for the weekend to a show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about conventions today, but... Um, before we get into our convention talk, which I feel like maybe we would have, maybe we've done one of these before or something similar. Uh, I feel like every time I do a show, they, I, who cares? <clears throat> Certainly not me. <laughs> All right, Scott, uh, did you get anything to drink today? Uh, I mean, do you have anything with you? Uh, oh, I got this specifically for the, sh- well, I did all of it specifically for the show, but this one in particular right because neither of us ever drink outside of recording this program all right the only reason we drink is the one hour a week we have to talk that's right so i got this just so i could say uh today i'm doing a scottsdale blonde <laughs> from nice. Huss brewing company um Oh, I only read the name. I hate this already. This is the 1025 KINX 50th anniversary can. Believe me. Sweet. Ugh. It's a German-style Kolsch. The last Kolsch I had on the show burned me. The Sierra Nevada Kolsch was garbage. I have a feeling the Kolsch Scottsdale Blonde is a big, is a big hit with Scottsdale Blondes. They don't drink beer. Uh, I was at a a bar once. That's I think I might have mentioned this. I was at a bar that's connected to a hockey rink, and a bunch of hockey moms come in and they all drank the Papago Orange Blossom beer that you had oh, once. Really? So uh, I do think uh, Scottsdale sports moms drink beer. And I think that they would get, I bet you like for like a night out, like a ladies night out where they go to some lady's house because all the husbands are out of town, say they're hunting or something. (laughs) And then so all the women like get get together to, you know, complain about their kids and their husbands and shit. I'll bet you a lot of people buy the Scottsdale Blonde as just for the joke, just for the factor of, ah, look at us. We're drinking the Scottsdale Blonde. And now I sound like a misogynist or I sound like I'm a woman hater, which I'm not. But if you're a woman who buys Scottsdale Blonde because you think it's funny. Which I did. I, which you did. And you are a woman, so I guess I'm, I guess I'm complaining oh, about you right now. Yeah, <laughs> nothing new. Okay, did you get any uh, BAT or you haven't gotten that far? Are we, are we nothing? No, I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I didn't look it up. Uh, that's, that's okay. We're both a little rushed this, this is, week. It's uh, so. got a bunch of shit on here, though. Oh, so this is their Huss's fifth anniversary can, but also the K-I-N, K I N I can't do it. K N I X fiftieth anniversary can. It's a double anniversary can. Uh, I feel like I shouldn't open this, and I should just put it on a shelf and save it. Right, like uh, like the new Coke bottle I have somewhere yeah, in my parents' basement. Exactly. Yeah, I I had a right. bunch of uh, episode one. Star Wars, like uh, Dr. Pepper cans or some shit uh, 17 years ago. 
I don't know what happened to them. Oh, well, hopefully you can find them and we can do a whole show about how they held up. Uh, but there's... Okay, there's a bunch of awards listed on this. But my can is sweating awful bad and it's like yellow print on silver can. My my old eyeballs cannot read this. Uh, winner 2016 US Open Beer Championship. Got the bronze. Wouldn't call yourself a winner. Uh, voted 2017 Best Local Beer from Phoenix New Times. <laughs> Whatever. And voted 2017 Best Arizona Beer ARA Foodist Awards. I don't know what that is either. Uh, no, it's like it. It sounds like maybe they're they were one of only like four beers that entered that competition. <laughs> like, like to be the the best like. Uh, to be the best, like a uh, curler in Zimbabwe, right. you only have to be better than one right. other person. Yeah, it's uh, like that. Uh-huh. But it's got a pairs with recommendation list: grilled fish tacos, Ooh, chicken we- dishes, light pastas, bratwurst, nutty cheeses, and or your favorite country song. Yeehaw! That is the whitest beer. <laughs> that is the whitest beer we've ever had. It's on a the four show. seven too. Yeah, if that beer was a was a human, it would be me. Yeah, I'm so embarrassed for you right now. Oh, that was a weak pop too. That was a four seven pop right there. So, man, I did. Oh, yeah, geez. this is my last episode. Oh, enjoy your sweaty Scottsdale blonde. Oh, vapid. So I did. I didn't have. T- I was busy setting up my new home office, so I did not have time to go out. <laughs> I did not have time to go out to the store. So I decided, based on our conversation last weekend, to just try this Rebel Yell straight up on the rocks. So that's my choice. I did find a review. Because even though I just sat down and did 10 minutes of prep, that's nine more minutes than you did. So I did pull up 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 one one review. Yeah. And this is from whiskeyreviewer.com. And it's from Richard Thomas. And he gave it a C minus. All right. <clears throat> what this bourbon yells is its youth. <laughs> I know it. In the glass. In the glass, it has a light copper appearance, a coloring that just barely scratches the bottom of the amber range. The nose is light and dominated by a very sweet citrus and caramel scent. But it's not quite one-dimensional, as it also has a certain leathery side to it as well. It is also a bit harsh, however. The flavor is very straightforward. Core bourbon territory on the rough side. Corn, sweetened caramel and vanilla with a little earthiness stirred in, but also a certain harshness. There's very, there's certainly very, sorry. This whiskey is certainly an authentic, young, and very rough and tumble creation. My view is that you need to like that rough side to get into this part. Oh, I like it rough. Yeah, and I like it rough too. So, oh, I forgot I already pre-poured. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Rebel Yell Bourbon, 80, 80 proof, nothing special. Uh, I think I paid uh, $17 for the bottle. Ooh. Smells like uh, smells like Jack, which yeah. is not a good sign for me. But it is very light, especially with the ice cubes in there. It looks like... Well, uh, I mean, yeah. That's a young whiskey right there. Looks like you're, yeah, I read on another site that they don't give it no, an age. but pe- pe- People think that it's probably just over the two-year yeah, mark. I, I would have like guessed two, like three to four. But Anyway, that's where we're at. Okay, so... I'm envious of Rebel Yell right now. I bet you are. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to talk... We're going to talk about uh conventions from the perspective of creators but i'd rather have a phoenix brunette based off of a uh or an irish stout based off based off a website uh scott what is the website that i pulled these questions off of? i was gonna do this um the blurred girl.com uh that's T H E B L E R D G U R L dot com. So the the website had twenty five things you might be doing wrong right. at a convention. I just pulled nine 
because I couldn't even be bothered to pull 10 of the 25. <laughs> um, That's this whole show. And we're going to go through these nine points. And this is on my mind because I am packing tonight. I'm going to go to – I have three conventions oh. in the next uh, six weeks maybe. No, two months, something like that. I have uh, Long Beach Comic Con, which I'm only going to be at for a day and a half. And then I have uh, Supercon in South Dakota. And then I have Tucson Comic Con. So in the next, like, let's say eight weeks, nine weeks, I have three conventions. Which for me is a, uh, not to use a, not to use a phrase Scott loves, but it's a heavy load for me to do three shows in, in a span of like two months. So uh, this was on my mind and I got to pack tonight for the show and I'm going to get up uh, crack a dawn tomorrow and hit the road and I got a whole Friday planned out in Los Angeles going to meet meet up with another comic book artist have some drinks uh, in Santa Monica before I go down to Long Beach so I'm pumped I'm, I'm right excited um, yeah I'm more excited about that than I am about this list but number one and these again these are nine points of things that hurt sales at cons and uh, again, it, it's uh, I haven't had a really good show in about two and a half years, so uh, my convention income has been dwindling. So maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll do I'll do better after these uh, after this conversation. No, number one, uh, keeping your head down at your table seems like a no-brainer, right? I think you and I both do it all the time, but it seems like the most obvious, really the most obvious thing to do is to make eye contact with people walking by to engage them. Correct. Uh, yeah. Um, short of short of being somebody like like uh, at, a Scott Snyder, sure. Or somebody, and, right. and I also think like out in the real world, when you're not dealing with a hundred thousand introverts in one room, I think eye contact is uh, a good course of action. But I don't know. You you, you get where I'm going. Yeah, the problem is you're engaging antisocial people by make, making eye contact right. with them. Uh, and probably 8 out of 10 are... Uh, are um, they run away. Possible... Yeah, yeah, they run away or they're... I don't know. It's, 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 not, it's, it's an investment, right? If you're walking through your grocery store and you look at someone like a, you know, a, a housewife or whatever, she's probably buying uh, Kolsch Scottsdale Blondes. <laughs> But, you know, if you see her in the beer aisle, you can nod and she'll probably nod and smile and you smile and you go on about your business. Nine out of ten people I'd nod and smile at at a convention either turn and run the other way or then they make a face like you just made and they don't like they don't know how to even react to a polite smile. Um, but maybe I just need to try try harder. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you're uh, again, if you're Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, people like that. You could put your, you could have your back to the crowd, and you're still gonna have a line of people at your table. So this is more for people yeah. who need to attract. Right. This list yes. is for us. This is not a list for people that have a, a schedule of appearances for a show. Correct. Um, yeah. So far, I just made the mistake of eating a bite of cheese. Hang on a second. <laughs> Very professional. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Um, yeah, it makes sense, right? Like if, um, you know, there's a lot of guys who have their, I think this is up somewhere else on the list, maybe not. Yeah, that's number two coming up. But there's guys who have their pitch and they engage everybody who walks by and they do their pitch. And there's a guy at Phoenix Con every year. I can't ever remember his name. Um, my friend Rob Osborne knows him. He brings like 1,500 books to Phoenix Comic Con. And they're like thin floppies. So maybe like a four-issue flop, or a four-issue trade. Sorry, not thin floppies, thin trades. So maybe four issues. And he stands in front of his table. So he stands out in the aisle and he holds books in his hands and he pitches everybody who comes by. So we'll just roll this into number two. Pitches everybody that comes by. And according to Rob and according to this guy who I talked to last year or this year, last show, he sells out of his books every year. 1,500 trades per show. No. And I think a lot of it has to be people want to see confidence but also if you corner somebody and you're and you're bullying them almost social bullying them they're gonna feel like i should just buy this that's right that's it right there yeah and i don't want to be that guy but i would like to sell more than a handful of books per show so um that okay so that rolls us right into number two is you need to have a hook or you need to know how to describe your book or product um 
I personally struggle with this a lot. I've noticed that you have a you have a sales pitch for Copperhead when people ask you about Copperhead that you seem to rattle off at the top of your head, but I don't have anything like that for any of my books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called an elevator pitch. Yeah, but I think it is important, right? Because if, if I stumble and I'm like him and Haw, why why would this person want to take a chance on that book that I don't even have any confidence in? Right? Yes. Well, right. Meh. I don't know. What's your elevator pitch for Copperhead? It shows. So when somebody is being polite and trying to make conversation and ask me what Copperhead is about. Exactly. Uh, I say it's like if, you know, there was like this like police procedural sort of kind of thing and it's like in like Moss Eisley and stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's that's word for word what I give them. That must be why you sell out of all your trades at every show. That bleep sells itself, son. Mm-hmm. It's those sweet, sweet uh, covers that don't look anything like the interiors. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's every comic. Yeah, I just have a hard time. People ask me, I guess, I guess the most common book I have is the Doc Unknown trade. And the best pitch I can give them is like, oh, it's like 12 issues of a comic for $20 and it's in a hardcover. So just buy it. That's my pitch. Uh, so yeah, number two was not being able to describe your book of products. So I think if you combine one and two and you're greeting people who walk by your table and you have the solid pitch for your book, I think you're 50 to 60% above uh, the rest of the the rest of the people at the show. So I'm going to try to implement those two for sure this weekend, even though I'll be at a publisher's booth, so I'm not going to make any money uh, from any sales of Adventure Van. But it'd still be nice to move a bunch and sign a bunch and, I don't know, look handsome doing it. <laughs> That's the important part. Number three, I think, should be a no-brainer, but I, I also do see some people fall prey to this. It's uh, not having prices on any of your stuff. I think this goes back mm-hmm. to a lot of people being um, – a lot of people, I think, are either uneducated about what their goal as an attendee at a con is in Artist Alley – I don't know if it's gold, but what they could be doing as far as buying stuff. I still firmly believe that not everyone who walks through Artist Alley be- knows that, that all that stuff is for sale. I think a lot of people think that shit is just for display. Um, but then secondly... I don't know. I think people are stupid, but I don't think that's stupid. Well, n- never say never and don't underestimate the public. The other thing is a lot of these people do not want as much as as much as we're supposed to interact with them and sell our product and sell ourselves. A lot of these people don't want that. They want to just look at a price and buy something like it's Walmart or Target and not deal with the customer service aspect. I always have prices for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Just And it also limits it also limits the awkward... I mean, I don't want to engage yep. you for five minutes, then tell you yep. the price of my book, and then have you walk away. I would rather you see the price of my book, realize you don't want to drop 20 bucks, and just walk away before I waste my valuable, valuable time on our interaction yes so yeah price everything on there price the shit out of it i have like i have a price list and then i also have a price in front of everything so it's i have it twice on my six foot table and i still get people saying like how much is this uh but that's okay i'm happy to answer those kinds of questions so uh, are you yeah uh no are you happy to eh, do not it? really no, I'm also not happy to keep reading these, so why don't you read number four, if you don't mind, while I sip on my rebel oh, yell. I'm so jealous. Don't be. Number four. Pew. Hating on cosplayers. Look, I'm not selling bleep. What the hell else am I supposed to do at a show? Uh, right. So there's has been, there's, it, it kind of dies off. We have bigger controversies in comics right now of which I've gained like 15 Twitter followers in the last like three days because of, thank you very much. Um, but uh, there was a time, I, I don't think I'm making this up, where there was a thing about how some people were complaining about cosplayers because they don't buy yeah. anything. Um, I remember that time. It was May. And I think, 
Yeah, and I think I might be one of those guys. I would never dis- uh, discourage someone from cosplaying. But I do have a problem with cosplayers just cruising the aisles in groups of eight and blocking aisles in Artist Alley just to take photo, just have people take photos of them. I believe that there is a there should be a place for for photos of cosplayers. They should have their little area. They should have their own area to hang out where people could take photos and talk to them. Uh, if you're not gonna shop and you have no interest in buying anything and you're walking in a group of six or seven people through Artist Alley, you're a problem. Uh, so I don't hate on them in general. Uh, I, I do not believe that they – I've had some people like, oh, I make so many sales from cosplayers. Uh, not the kind of comics I draw. I don't know if I've ever sold anything to anybody in costume. Uh, so I don't hate on cosplayers. I just I, – I have a problem with them taking over the convention floor. And if I was, uh, you know, if I was Joe Schmo off the street – and I was walking around Artist Alley, and I looked down an alley, and there was seven people hovered around a giant like R2D2 taking photos, and you know people scantily dressed and all that stuff. And I had a little kid with me. I would not go down that aisle. No. You know, I would I, I would look down that aisle, go right down the next aisle, and they 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 just congregate because they don't. I keep saying they like they're well, they're not a protected class, but anyways, <laughs> I don't. I think I think when cosplayers get in groups. They think it is all about them. It is all about the cosplay. It is all about their experience, and that's great. But when you're in the middle of an aisle and you're and people are trying to sell stuff, it's a pain in the butt. Like I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go dress up as uh, I don't know Jean Grey or Psylocke and go stand right in front of the register at Walmart. Oh, I totally do that. And take pictures of me. Um, everything except the Walmart part, I would do. Uh, but yeah, that's. That's my take on the whole cosplayer thing. It's just they they tend to clog aisles. And they don't tend to buy a bunch no, of stuff. No, they in don't. My, in, my, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my experience. They drop right. $60 for the weekend to come around, come and walk around in their costumes hoping people will stop them and ask if they can take a picture. And that's it. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I think it's super cool. Like, I'm, uh, I appreciate how much they put into... Uh, fabricating their own costumes and stuff. I think it's super dope. I would, uh, if you know, if I were into dressing up, I would do the same thing. Um, but God, it's not. Yeah, uh, it, there needs they need to have their own place. Yeah, and you know what? Let's not let's. Let's just clear the air here. You're totally into dressing up. You just don't go out in public when you dress up. I just, I just but don't you, do it for con. Yeah, I go they to have Walmart. To subscribe to your, right? They got to subscribe to your Twitch channel for that action. <laughs> My Patreon, yeah. That's that's right. That's right. I wonder. Do you think exotic dancers use Patreon? Can can you use Patreon for that? Oh, that's a good idea. That is. I'll, it's uh, a heart. I'll browse that later. Yeah. You do that. Okay. Uh, number five, uh, your artwork looks like everyone else. Thanks. I assume it means everyone else's. Racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think I fall into this problem, but I do think that I offer the same stuff as everybody else. Superhero prints, superhero comics. I can fall into the same, the same rut. Um, when I try to expand, it doesn't do well. I had some really good... I do have good success doing like the Harry Potter and the Hunger Games themed prints. Those seem to do well for me. But other than that, I don't offer anything that um, every other dude in Artist Alley doesn't, you know, offers. They we all sell comics, we all sell prints, we all try to sell original art. So this is this is probably out of this whole list. This is something I've tried to focus most on myself. I had a conversation again with the aforementioned Rob Osborne, name dropping like crazy today. <laughs> Uh, about how maybe I should try. This is what I thought, and he kind of backed me up on this. Is instead of having prints, I should just have a bunch of different original art at different price points, and I'll be like that dude, right, who just sells a ton of black and white artwork. Um, I tried that at Tucson Comic Con a couple of years ago, and I still have a couple pieces of that for that in my portfolio. So that didn't that didn't work. But I'm always trying. I'm always thinking, trying to think. You know what I mean? Nope. Um, I don't know what you mean. 
So, did do you have any thoughts on this at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I, I'm gonna. Sorry, I interrupt you. I guess there is the, the the print wall, right? Like, if I if if there's five dudes with print walls all doing sexy airbrushed yeah. coloring of of fucking you know uh, whoever from whatever. It's never him ever from whatever. It's her ever from wherever. But anyways, if you're next to those kind of print walls, I don't want to do that. I'm not that kind of guy doing the same thing as everyone else. Um, But those guys seem to do fine. So maybe maybe I'm an idiot. There are – I guess there are two kinds of artists in Artist Alley, right? Sure. Um, only, only, only two though. Yeah, really. I mean, and I'm not being funny. I mean, there really are. So, well, are you, are you going to elaborate on that or should we just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Your artwork looks like everyone else. There's print guy. And then there's like indie comic guy. Um, I, I can get, how print guy looks like every other print guy, but indie comic guy does not look like every other indie comic guy. That's why they're indie comic guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a broad term. What do you mean? Like my Scottsdale blonde. (laughs) That's a broad term. Uh, That is a broad term. Um, no indie comic guy. I mean, indie comic guy can be, uh, Brian K Vaughn. And it can also be a dude who printed his comic out at Staples. They're both indie comics guys. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I disagree wholeheartedly on that point. Well, what about a guy who What about if I put out a 24-page comic? Is that any different than the guy who printed his comic at Kinkos? Right. Cuz we're both indie comic guys. So where yeah, did did a did you print them out yourself? Did no, you send I'm the files paid. to I, a printer and they did it? Or probably did yes. somebody did uh, whoever you know, commissioned you for the artwork, print up the book and send you some. No, uh, uh, well, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different, we're, 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 uh, we're going off on too many branches. You know we're what like I an mean. Oak tree. Indie comic guys. I know what you mean. You right. Know, you know, you know. So not all indie comic guys, not all indie comic guys look the same, but all airbrushed, uh, sex pot artists kind of blend together. Right. Yeah. I agree, because if you're that good, let's. I'm trying to think for an example. Uh, let's see, like uh, any of the essential sequential guys, they don't have a bunch of pin up, hot chick prints, but they're all better artists than anybody there that does. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some name. I don't want to put any throw anybody under the bus, but it, if the, if the artist uh, has a realistic looking. Uh, drawings of women in superhero costumes and they sell like metal prints and they uh-huh. light them from behind and shit. Uh, that's, they all look the same. If they have seven booths, seven artist alley tables pushed together mm-hmm. for their, for their a hundred different prints of rogue from Savage land. <laughs> yeah, that's those guys all go together. Uh, but again, to, to go back to the point of this, they all seem to make money hand over fist. So, Oh yeah. Yes. Ev- Every, yes. Everyone's just a perv, I suppose. Um, God, you know what I should do? I what I what I should uh, I should oh. do? What, I should full on trace a pose out of the SI swimsuit issue. Put the Wonder Woman costume on her, and I'll bet you I'll sell out of that print. Uh, and eh. I'll bet you no. I'll bet you. I'll bet you no one under the age of twenty five will buy one. No, maybe maybe if it's uh. Uh, maybe if it's like a sexy lady Deadpool mm. or Harley yeah, Quinn, Gwenpool. it's gotta be Harley Quinn. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then uh gangbusters, yo, but yeah, but you know, we have this thing called integrity, right? It, you it, said gangbusters. I'll say nutbusters. You, you know, it might not be apparent from this show. But uh, we got a little bit of self-respect. <laughs> I'm drinking $17 bourbon in a tent. So you know I am full of self-respect. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, all right. Man, I hate conventions. <sighs> mm. uh, moving on. What's number six, Scott? Not doing anything special for the con. I don't even do anything special for this show, and I do it every week. Yeah, didn't you forget to take your banner to Heroes Con? Yeah, and I forgot all my original <laughs> art, too. The only thing I remembered uh, to do was buy a plane ticket. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like that could be, like, your... You know, like, uh, on banners, people have, like, like... Well, mine just says my name, but some people put, like, writer or artist or colorist or letterer or co-creator of this, blah, blah, blah. You should just have Scott Godleski not do anything special underneath it in small letters. It seems that that encompasses your effort level. And again, who am I to talk? The tent I'm in was a pop-up tent. I didn't even have to put like any poles together or anything. The not doing anything special for the con, I, I put this one on the list. I, I whittled from 25 down to 9 because I almost always try to do a con specific print for the show like for that specific show i'll try to print them up i'll put the date of the show i'll put the name of the show i'll make it just for that show i won't sell it at other shows not always sometimes i do um and it used to do really well for me i used to do great at this i think i did it first time at a uh, emerald city one year and it was my best show i to date i've ever done this was like six years ago seven years ago maybe even longer and uh, now I'm just coming home. If I print out 25, I'm coming home with 20. Nobody wants my con-specific souvenir prints. So I I don't know if I'm going to do it this year um, for the next three shows. I'm definitely not doing it for the show that starts in two days. But I might do one for SuperCon just because I've never done a show in Sioux Falls. I figure there might be like a hungry, hungry Sioux Falls market. I used I, I I think I like this mentality that you should be doing something special for every show you're at. Uh, okay, so are we, we're done with that. You don't ever do anything special for shows. I don't ever do anything special for I shows. I don't. No, I've never done it. No, like I said, I used to do great at it until maybe the last year, and it's really died off. When we do shows together or or you know something like that, we like to do a podcast. We like to do an episode of this at the show, but I don't know if that's really. No, we'd I think we would. We'd be doing that anyways, whether we're at a show or not. Um, wait till you see my setup. Ooh, when I do that show in South Dakota, wait till you try to do that. Wait till you see the setup where I'm going to be talking to Phil. We're going to be talking to you, but then the audience is also going to need to see you. So it's going to involve like a secondary monitor. It's going to involve some cables. Oh God! Why does the audience need to see me? Because you're part of the show. If they just see well, no. me and Phil, but they hear you talking, that's weird. No, it's that's like not ghost. weird. They're going to be like, who's the, who's the ghost? No, see, okay, what I want you to do, uh, you can take my tablet or something. And what I want you to do is I want a mannequin with one of the show shirts. And you can stick the the tablet where the head is. Uh-huh. And then we'll do we'll do that. It'll be, uh, it'll be virtual Scott probably as engaged as real scott okay uh number seven not rewarding your fans i don't know what this means but i think i read it so i do know what it means and it means um you know given deals like you know you have repeat customers or you know you buy three things i'll throw this in or you buy some original art i'll throw a comic mm-hmm. in or blah blah blah, blah. uh sure. i believe that and, and i don't like to think of it as like let's make a deal that mentality i like to think of it as if you're willing to buy multiple things for me, then of course I'm going to give you like a, a break on something or I'm going to reward you for your patronage, for lack of a better term. Um, so I, I do this, especially with like original art. If I have a couple floppies or especially if I have a – if someone buys a page art for me and I have the issue of the comic that it's from, I'll always give them an issue of the comic or, you know, there's a page art they want, it's 100 bucks. A trade is twenty bucks. You know, I'll do the whole thing for like one hundred and ten. I'll give them like a discount. Right. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm fine with that. And that really comes into play on a show where I have to load my heavy backpack and stuff like that. I'm happy to start dumping product uh, for any kind of you know money cost, essentially, just to not have to you know not have to haul stuff back. So uh, I'm happy to do that. I'm I'm, I'm happy to. Uh, like you know, uh, for example, we have we have mutual art buyers here that live here in Arizona who buy stuff from us at almost every local show we do. 
I don't charge them the same amount that I would charge someone I've never met to do a sketch. You know, I'm going to reward the guy who's bought seven sketch covers for me or five commissions for me. I'm going to give him a discount when it's time for him to buy a page for me or if he wants right. another sketch for me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that too. Yeah, you throw a sketch in a trade or something or on a backing board for a floppy or something if it's you know right. a particularly pricey book or something. That's fine. Right, or you just charge them less and there's nothing wrong with that because they've supported you you know, for so long for in so many different ways and stuff like that. So like, it's weird for me to charge, uh, let's say, uh, some blonde from Scottsdale who's been buying artwork for me since when I did, you know, $15 con sketches. It's hard to charge that same Scottsdale blonde <laughs> 25, you know, $25 now. Cause that's what I charge now. Right. Or something right. like that. It's not, you know, they've, they've stuck with me through, uh, you know, through as long as I've been doing it, I'm not going to um, make them pay the new rate, I guess. I don't know. There's 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 some real thought that goes into that, but I'm not prepared right now to do that. But you do that. Like even other pros do that. You know, I get I don't pay. Uh, I'm happy to buy pages and stuff from other pros. They rarely make me pay full price, but I don't ever take them for free. Right. So you got to feel like I'm talking to like there's someone else answering questions in my brain. But yeah. I'm rambling, but yes, reward your fans, especially those that have been there with you for a long time. Do that for sure. And vice versa. If you're a, if you're a wannabe comic book writer or a new, new artist or something like that, and you come up and you talk a pro's ear off at a show about how they got into comics, what tips they can give you, um, what advice they can give you and all that, you need to buy something from that guy from their table. Even yeah. if it's just a even if it's just a comic or something like that, like yep. I've seen so many, so many people do portfolio reviews, and I've done portfolio reviews, and then you sit there and you for fifteen minutes, because some of some people that want portfolio reviews, they if you say something, they'll be like, "Can you explain further on that?" So you could spend twenty minutes to talking to somebody about that, and then they'll just be like, "Thanks," and they'll just walk away, and uh, they're getting something out of that, but they're not giving back. So, um, tit tit for tat. Indeed. Yes. 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 I, yeah. Agree. Cosine. Okay. Uh, what's number eight, Scott? <laughs> Not selling things at multiple price points. It's like uh, changing up your uh, your angles on your page. That's nonsense. That's a myth. Just like the female G-spot. You can do everything... <laughs> Straight on. It says a lot about the two of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to change up angles on pages. You don't need bird's eye view or worm's eye view. I change up the angles on everything. Hey oh, <laughs> follow follow Scott's Patreon <laughs> to get more information. <laughs> but yeah, back to number eight not selling things at multiple price points could be a problem. Of course it's a problem. You got to have something. I try to have something, I guess I'm trying to think right now. I don't have anything in the $5 range maybe, but I don't, uh, I definitely have stuff in the $10 range. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have like, you know, my, my cheapest thing is not 20 bucks. You know, I try to have something yeah. 10 or under at every show. And I like to have things at five also $5, $10, $20 is what I like to go for. And then obviously original art is up from there. Um, but yeah, yeah. you want to have, yeah. I mean, if you don't want, you don't want to turn a fan away who's a, who, who is inspired by your work or is inspired right. by what you do. You don't want to send them away cause they don't have 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, I like to, uh, yeah. If I got a bunch of, uh, floppies that I don't particularly like, or I have a ton of, I'll do them for a buck just to have something there for a dollar. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I if I have old prints or something like that, and there's a kid and they they chat with me for a little while or something like that, I'll give them a print. You right. know, it's what does it cost me a dollar or something to print that up? It's that's not a deal breaker by any means. Um, you know, and you're and it's I don't know, it's it's an investment, right? If you have lower lower price stuff, it's not always about uh, how much profit you're making. You're you know, at the next show, that person might come back and buy a $20 book or a, or a original art page or something like that. Or mm-hmm. if anything, your kindness, I'm talking about my kindness at this specific instance, 
my personal kindness towards a stranger, you know, they could go home and they could be like, well, now nah, I want to make comics. And then, you know, in 15 years, they could steal jobs from me because they're going to be better than me. <laughs> right. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's paying it forward when you have uh, cheaper stuff on your table. Um, it's that that Kevin Smith movie, not Kev, not Kevin Smith, Kevin Spacey, the rapist. It's that it's that guy's <laughs> movie. Pay it forward, <laughs> right? That's what he was doing. Yeah, he is a rapist, right? No, I don't know. He's maybe paying it forward. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he's paying it for. You think that's what he said when he was like getting like some poor fifteen-year-old like <laughs> like thespian student who's really who's like I can't believe I get to train under Kevin Spacey. And then he like is touching you un- uncomfortably and shit. I think he was paying it from behind. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is my last episode. <laughs> wow. Join me next week as I'm on the road just talking to hobos and <laughs> just anyone who will anyone who will talk to me is what oh, I'll is what I'll be doing. Well, wow, we're really breezing oh. through these. I uh, there's one there's one last one. Um and I, I, this doesn't do anything for me. I've never seen a bump from this ever, but uh, not participating in social media as far as I assume this means as far as the show goes, right? Like come see me at table, whatever, or last day, whatever. I still have this, whatever at table, whatever. Um, I've never, ever, ever in the history of doing shows had someone come up to me and be like, oh, I saw your tweet. I saw that you only have like four books left. I want to pick one of those up. Uh maybe if you have like a like thousands of rabid followers which i'm sure you do um then maybe it works but it doesn't you know like i could tweet my head off about long beach comic-con i might have two of my 1200 followers might be going to that show you know it's not really gonna yeah that yeah and this this can go both this can go both ways i mean someone like me tweeting it long beach comic-con is probably like oh that's fine but they want, uh, you know, they want uh, Jim Lee to tweet about Long Beach Comic Con and shit like that. They don't give a fuck if I do it. Pardon my French. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what this does to constantly be on social media during a show. I if, if you see me posting a lot of Instagram, okay, and is shit, that what this is supposed to mean? I think being it's, on it's, social media during the show. I think it's supposed to be like promoting yourself on social media that you're at a show. Right, like check me out. It's Friday. Okay, it's Friday I'm looking afternoon. at the actual website oh, right now. Please read it then. I, where is this? Oh, oh, here it is. I don't know. I mean, it's Twitter and Yeah, I guess you're right. Got that? Right. So again, if you're Jim Lee and you tweet out, "I'm doing a signing at the DC booth from two to four, that's going to make a difference. If you're me and I tweet out, hey, I got two copies of DACA Unknown left. You better get over here before I leave in two hours. It doesn't make a difference. Except people that aren't at that show will like my post and retweet it. But right. it, it doesn't I, I don't it, it doesn't personally help me. I this 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 applies only on what base your social you have on social media and your followers. And I was gonna say, if you see me tweeting a lot or Instagramming a lot at a show that's not a good sign that I'm doing well at that show. If I have time to constantly update my Instagram and tweet and crack jokes and shit, that's time I would rather be spending uh, doing commissions and sketches and, you know, making that cash, making that money, right? Because you and I, we like profo- pros, pros, profos and pros and pro- profos and pro bros. We, we don't. <laughs> I'm pro bro. Yeah. We don't go to shows. Pros don't go to shows. Only for hoes. Yeah, I was trying to find, find something to rhyme. Um, and I knew hoes rhymed. It didn't make sense in my thing. I'm not going to a show just to hang out and not come back with some cheddar in my pocket. You know, like I do shows to make money or to travel to somewhere I've never been and have fun. But even then, I still want to make money, right? I was thinking about this today. Just don't, don't get too excited. But as I was drying off today, when I got out of the shower, I was thinking about this. <laughs> To put make a mental mem- mental memory um so i was thinking like ooh, my philosophy at shows is pretty simple i want to be zero cost involved i want to come back at a zero net uh whatever coming out of my pocket to do that show 
and I want to get I want to make a, at least a hundred dollars for every day that I'm gone doing that show. So that's a lofty goal. Well, I used to have no problem hitting that goal. It hasn't always. It's been a rough couple of years, you know. Doctor, it's been rough, but. <laughs> So like I'm going to Long Beach. I'm really only going for one and a half days. So let's say I want to make 150 on top of my rental car, on top of my gas, and on top of my food and alcohol. I, I factor all that in too because if I stayed at home, I wouldn't spend 50 bucks a day. Well, I might, but I I normally would not spend 50 bucks a day on, you know, going out and eating two meals a day or something like that. So right. Um, I want to come home profiting at least a hundred day, a hundred dollars. So like this, the show that I'm going to do later this month, it's going to, it's actually going to be like a five day trip with all the driving involved and stuff like that. Yikes. So there's no way I'm going to hit my goal on that unless the people of Sioux Falls, South Dakota are super generous. Um, cause honestly, I don't, I don't even have that much product. That's something we didn't really talk about was how much, uh, how much can you make? Right. So if I sell everything I take, not counting original art, but if I sold every trade, I'm going to take to long beach, and I do, let's say, each day I do two commissions. I still have a cap on how much money I'm going to make at that show. So unless I'm drawing nonstop and I start charging more for my sketches, I do have a cap to how much I can make. So uh, my whatever, what I'm saying is my my mental idea of what I want to do at shows is not always reasonable because I don't always have the product to do that. I don't have seven different trades and a bunch of floppies and you know four portfolios of original art so yeah this is uh this is insightful and enlightening mm. uh, i'm sure it is yeah i mean like you for example we're just gonna really stretch this episode out so like kevin spacey mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> So you, because <laughs> because you're uh, your your big shot high five artist, you have just you have just like uh, tons of comps. So you have plenty of product to sell at shows. Oh yeah, right. So yeah. you you probably don't worry. Like you would probably. So let's say you and I. I know it's a stretch, but try to try to imagine you and I at, at two tables next to each other at a show. Um, <laughs> I'm constantly, I'm constantly, constantly trying to, I'm trying to get commissions and sketches because that's the, that's where I make my money, right? But for every sketch that I do, every hour I spend sketching, if you just sold three trades, we would make the same amount of money. So we have different philosophies. I'm sure it shows. You don't want, you probably don't want to do commissions at shows. I don't. I don't want to do anything. Right. Like I said, you sell three trades. That's the same as me taking a commission. So, or, you know, like a con sketch or something like that. So, so it's all about like product and, and, uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of different thoughts. You could go into it that we didn't go into. Some people say like, you should be buying exhibitor booths instead of being an artist alley. And I'm like, Oh, I don't uh, know because my artist alley table's free, blah, blah, blah. But th- there is some thought to expanding and having a wide variety of shit as opposed to having one trade on the table and a portfolio. Right. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I yeah. I just bring my comps. I don't. I don't. I have uh, some bleep prints from I don't know five years ago that I still have a bunch of. I'll set those out there. Yeah, I don't do anything. I don't want to work. I I don't put a a, um, a price sheet out there with uh, like commission work or sketch prices or anything because I don't want to do it. If you ask me, you know, I'll probably do it, but I don't advertise that I'm doing it. It's like the secret menu at In and Out. Scott likes to go animal style on your commission. That's right. <laughs> like Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh yeah, at some point, I wish we could have just like at some point, maybe we'll I'll film this if we're ever at a show again together. I, I feel like our runs die and we're not being invited to the same shows. Um, uh, I love your response when someone says, hey, man, are you doing sketches? And they're already like reaching into their bag for like a sketch cover or a sketchbook. It, <laughs> your your response is just classic every time. It's just like, oh, what do I do? You kind of deflate 
and then you re- <laughs> and then you and then you kind of like then you rebound because you're always wearing like a collared flannel looking shirt. Then you kind of pop back up, plaid maybe, and you look at them and you're like, uh, sure. <laughs> but it's always like the, uh, it's always like, uh, you know, when your wife or when someone asks you like, oh, what'd you think of the, uh, what'd you think of the meatloaf? You're like, oh, it's good. That's your response to having to do sketches at shows. Oh yeah, I can do it. And then it could be like Friday afternoon at the show. And then you're like, oh, I could have it ready Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and then, then it's not done yeah just another power move <laughs> meanwhile i'm like the desperate like oh, i could have it done in an hour and the guy's like no i'm here till sunday no i mean i'll have it ready for you in like an hour trust me i got nothing else going on you're my number one focus um all right fantastic so basically uh conventions we've talked about this in the past they are work I feel like we tried to talk about things today that might affect it from a business point. And um, just, you know, cosplayers, man, just hang out in the hallway out front. Take all the photos you want. Don't put your uh, fishnet butt in front of my table. That's right. Unless you're a Scottsdale blonde and then you can put your your (laughs) fishnet butt in front of my table or at least off to the side. Terrible segue. Speaking of Scottsdale blondes. (laughs) How's my Gilbert Burnett? How's your How's your beer doing, buddy? Oh, this is uh, oh, oh, it um, it's got an aftertaste of like uh, silicone. Uh, this is bad. This little, is bad. Little perox. Does it smell a little bit like peroxide? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, it's bad. how How bad is it? Uh, it's, it's so bad. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather spend an evening with Kevin Spacey bad. Do we have a new rating system? (laughs) Like a one is a Kevin Spacey and a five would be, uh, what's her name from your predator movie? Kate Upton. (laughs) Did I cast her in my predator movie? (laughs) Yeah, she was the she was the female lead. I don't remember anything about she, that episode. She was the female predator in your predator movie. <laughs> That's gold. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself now. Yeah, um, makes one of us. No, this is. Uh, I think I gave the other Kolsch a hot steaming one. Uh, I'm gonna go the same here. Um, I had a PBR for the first time over the weekend and it was terrible. And this is exactly that. Okay. You Uh, gotta know, get rid of it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your social life, but you got to stop hanging out with your neighborhood friends and having like low rent beers when you could just be calling me and having low rent beers. No, I had it on purpose. You try, did you go to a bar where you tried to act 10 years I, younger? I was out, and they had 279 tall PBRs. I thought, well, I've never... That's a good price, actually. I've never partaken. So, mm. yeah, it was tough to finish. Yeah, normally tall boys up here in the frozen north are like four bucks a can, so you got a deal. Oh, it was terrible. Let's not jump to... Let's not over-exaggerate. Um, speaking of terrible, Rebel Yell Bourbon... Um, <laughs> man, I, I, I say this, I feel like I, I say this every time I talk about bourbon, but just fucking buy the Evan Williams, man. Save yourself. It's so much better. I just better. got myself a bottle. I mean, this actually does. This tastes like a weaker version of Jack. It has, it's very similar to Jack in yeah. my mind, but not, I feel at least with Jack Daniels, you get at least, I don't know, you you don't feel ashamed of yourself or you're not making a face every time. I mean, this is not. Hmm. To me, Jack's got this really like pronounced um, unpleasant, like nutty flavor that I don't like. This has the, uh, uh, this is, I don't know if this is going to make sense to anyone who drinks, but you know, when you drink something that's uh, very alcohol forward after you take the sip, mm-hmm. it almost seems like someone blew air into your mouth. Like it feels 
like no. ho- like hollow no, or it feels like you take the sip and then there's like a lingering aftertaste of just like like a gas or like oxygen or I don't know what the term is. Obviously, it's not working. This has an aftertaste of like if, if I drink a really strong beer that's like a 12% beer, sometimes it has like an alcohol aftertaste. I realize bourbon is alcohol, but it should not have an alcohol front forward aftertaste, which this does. This is not good. And also it feels it's 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 almost leaning itself towards like a like a shitty scotch. Like really bad scotch has the same sort of whatever. I don't I don't like I'm going to I'm going to well, I've had two of them so I can't complain too much. Mix it. Yeah. Throw something else in there. Yeah, using our criteria. Like I was going to make a Manhattan or an old fashioned, but then I thought I didn't have time. I've been sweating. I just put together a tent for God's sake. Um I'm going to give it a two just because I paid $17 for the bottle. I'm sure there's worse bottles. There are blends that are worse. So Rebel Yell gets two. I don't recommend it, but I mean, it's fine if you're going to, I think I texted you last week. I had another one of those Kentucky mules and I I did proper measurements and it was pretty good. Um, And I used this Rebel Yell. So it's good for a mixer. Yeah. Yeah. You got a pile bleep on top of that yeah and then i texted you about how much i was loving this uh apple cider don't even say it i think it was apple cider evan williams and you said yeah I'm, you said i'm deleting this number i think is what you said when i texted you <laughs> i'm gonna call you a liar uh okay anything else scott i noticed uh, i think um i think your batgirl a couple of your batgirl or uh, issues might be up for uh order right now in trade form oh Sure. I feel cool. like I feel like I saw that when I was flipping through the previews at my LCS. Um, so yeah, look for that. Uh, and Adventure Van number four is currently in preview. So for all of you who did not pick up issues one, two, or three, go ahead and just order all four right now to your LCS. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, tell them Scott sent you. Um, okay, you could follow the show on twitter at tig underscore show also on instagram at tig underscore show you can follow scott on twitter and instagram at scotty god and you can follow me on twitter at ryan cody and you can follow uh me on instagram at ryan cody 75 and you know what if you start following me on instagram right now you're so lucky because if you just go back tell them why because because <laughs> this episode will come out right after i get back from long beach couple days after i get back from long beach so if you just scroll back through the feed if you just start following me as, as soon as you listen to this scroll back through my feed and you can follow along through my past adventures in long beach and los angeles it's gonna be fun i think i hope i get a good car i'm picking up the rental car in the morning i hope it's something sweet like a focus or a fiesta not some bullshit like a kia soul or some shit like i got last time threw my back out kia soul i'm gonna sue kia they they threw my black back out for like a month driving around in a Kia Soul. Wait, the car did that to you? Yeah, Kia Soul sucks. You get the ride height How of are you driving. You get the ride height of like a pickup truck, but you're in a car and it's uncomfortable. I hate Kia Souls. All right, buddy. I guess I guess if I can convince you, if I can twist your arm, I'll do it again next week. Yeah, it's a big F. Yeah. All right. Tell your buddy Kevin I said hi. Says. We come in pieces.